Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. Coming up on the show, we are getting you ready for the Super Bowl. We will hear, Michael Barr, from the presidents of both NFL franchises, the San Francisco 49ers president, Al Guido, and Kansas City Chiefs president, Mark Donovan. A lot to look forward to. We're also going to... Bring in a friend of the show, Amy Trask, the former CEO of the then Oakland Raiders. And right now she's an analyst for CBS Sports. She's going to help us set the scene for the big game and what it's like having a Super Bowl in Vegas. Everyone focuses on these two offenses, both of which have phenomenal players. People are focused on Kittle versus Kelsey. People are focused on, you know, Pacheco versus McCaffrey. There's a lot of focus on offense. I think we're going to see a tremendous defensive struggle. Both of these teams have phenomenal defenses. We're just super bowling all over the place. All that and more straight ahead on this special big game edition of the Bloomberg Business of Sports. But first, we have to talk about a big headline that has some of the heavy hitters in the sports media world joining forces. That's right. Disney's ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery are launching a sports streaming service together that will feature major college and pro games. Big, big deal. And that includes ABC Networks and Warner Channels like TNT and TBS. But what's interesting, of course, is who's left out of the deal. Comcast's NBC and Paramount's CBS. When the headline broke, my colleague Shanali Basak and I spoke with Bloomberg News media reporter Chris Palmieri about this deal and how unusual it is for these media giants to team up like this. It's very strange. I mean, if you think about Hulu in the early days was a was kind of an experimental thing from a lot of the big broadcasters and it ultimately unwound and, and Disney owns all of it. Uh, this is certainly an unusual situation. They haven't decided who's going to manage it yet, but you can imagine they'll be fights over control and payments and strategy and things like that. So it's it's this is a very unique situation. You know, one thing that's missing or two things that are missing are um, NBC and CBS. The Super Bowl is going to be broadcast on CBS. They're nowhere in this partnership. That's also kind of weird because you're not actually solving any problems. You're just it's still fragmented, isn't it? Right. You know, so you're still going to need uh, those two other subscriptions if you want to get the complete, you know, major broadcast package. And, of course, Apple and, and Amazon are also right. getting major sports rights. So this doesn't solve everything, but it's sort of a step in the direction of the people who don't want to pay for cable, but really want all those sort of, you know, premier shows, you know, Fox, uh, you know, afternoon, Monday night football, all of that, you know, the college tournaments, right. uh, March Madness and that. 
The best quote I've heard about uh, media is the history of media is bundling and unbundling. So this is just bundling once again, Shanali. They're all friends until there's not. And we right. should remember that all of these titans of this industry are facing strategic questions of their own. Chris, what does this mean for Warner Brothers Discovery and ESPN Disney in particular? Uh, well, you know, this the raises questions now and Disney reports tomorrow, uh, you know, what that whole strategy of taking ESPN direct there was. You know, they've always had ESPN Plus, which has some of the lesser sports, but uh, Bob Iger, the CEO, has talked about a direct version that may no longer be needed if, if this package exists. Uh, for Warner Brothers, you know, they're you know, looking for different ways to monetize the content that they've got. So this is another avenue for that. Same with Fox, which doesn't really have a streaming service. And so... You know, this is their way to, to capture uh, that new subscriber. But again, this is not great news for the cable bundle. You know, the traditional cable guys, Comcast, Charter, and all those folks, uh, there's less reason now to subscribe to those if you can get the sports live yeah. direct from this. That's Bloomberg's Chris Palmieri speaking right after the deal with Scarlett and our colleagues, Nolly Basic. We're hearing this new streaming service, like you had mentioned earlier, could cost about $40 a month. And that's a story we'll be keeping an eye on as it develops. Now, we turn back to the big game and Kansas City Chiefs president, Mark Donovan. Yeah, he is returning to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Imagine that. So we got a chance to speak with him about the run-up, the preparations to the big moment. Well, Nelly, I just wanted to say that because I love Keith Jackson. Let's listen to a bit of that conversation, starting with whether Donovan is ready to call his Chiefs a dynasty. We're not going to use the D word just yet. We're going to focus on doing what we've done all season long and leaving each other and getting through Sunday with another victory and hopefully another Super Bowl championship. Now, for those who are not making it to Vegas, the Super Bowl is the ultimate appointment viewing TV experience. For five months of the year, we know NFL games top the ratings. Um, Alex, your daughter is a huge Taylor Swift huge. fan. Has she been watching NFL games? No, but she might on Sunday. There you go. So everyone is watching football, including young girls, teenage girls. Mark, is there still an untapped demographic in the U.S. that the NFL has yet to reach or win over? Absolutely. I think there's an untapped market in the U.S. I think there's an untapped market internationally. And I think, to Alex's point, um, you know, our demographic reach has continued to expand. So if you look at the traditional NFL fan, over the years, like any sport, it has aged. And the reality is with this product that we put out there with the fact that the NFL games themselves have just generated this enormous rating surge that really separates it from just about any other content on television. And then go deeper into that, you see the demographic shifts. And um, our team, fortunately, is one of those teams that's been able to deliver really, really strong revenue, really, really strong ratings. Mm -hmm. And within those ratings, really expand the demographic of our fan base. And of course, Taylor Swift responsible for part of that because she's dating the tight end Travis Kelsey. According to one estimate, she has increased the value of your franchise by more than $330 million. Wow. Does that sound right to you? Well, she's been a positive impact on the entire league and obviously a huge impact on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I would say this, that she's had a huge impact. Um, I'll go back to that demographic point mm -hmm. that she's had a huge impact in expanding our demographics. So to Alex's point earlier, you know, her daughter is now a fan of the NFL and probably a fan of the Chiefs because she's a fan of Taylor Swift. That We've seen that internationally. 
And the timing of this for us has been really, really positive. If you look at what our ratings have done over the years pre-Taylor, we've been on a really, really good run. And winning Super Bowls and having success is a big driver of that. If they're expanding internationally and the games in, in Germany, that's expanded that further. Yeah. Then you add the fact that Taylor and Travis are a couple right now and her international fan base. All of a sudden we're playing in Germany. All those things yeah. match up and really help us grow pretty quickly. I think there's betting on whether or not Taylor Swift can get from Japan to the Super Bowl. Like I think that you can now bet on that. Um, Mark, to that point, and forgive the question, it's really hard to know where to watch football in terms of streaming, what channel, and cable. For someone who doesn't follow on a regular basis, how do, how do I manage that? How do you manage that? Yeah, so it's, it's been a really um, important point for our league as a general point. And, you know, when you look at the NFL versus other sports leagues, the commissioner made a comment yesterday during his press conference um, that, you know, we're one of the few teams, one of the few leagues that actually puts the majority of its content on over-the-air free television. Mm. Um, the world is changing and consumers are consuming content differently. You know, I used the example of Germany a few minutes ago. You know, our game in Germany was the highest rated game in the history of international broadcasts. You know, a few weeks later, we're in the playoffs and our playoff game in the wildcard round against the Dolphins was streamed on Peacock. Right. While there are critics of that, the reality is that 23 million viewers tuned in to Peacock. It was the highest streamed game and highest streamed event in the history of streaming. So the consumers are everywhere and the consumers are going to find us in general. The reality is back to that demographic point that the streaming audience of that game against the Dolphins in the playoff round actually was one of the younger audience in the history of playoff games. So it, it actually reduced the average age by about 10 years. Right. So that's a really powerful point when you look at how our product is being consumed. You talked about the Chiefs growing its brand overseas in places like Germany. How would you characterize uh, marketing the team to a Kansas City specific market, which obviously you dominate versus um, an international market or even the national market here in the U.S.? Yeah, it's an amazing opportunity for us right now. And I'll go back to that point about the timing and everything converging. You know, it started with our founder, Lamar Hunt, who really, really believed in the growth of this game worldwide. And he was thinking that in the 60s and the 70s. Now we have the opportunity with the NFL to literally expand our broadcast rate, our, our reach internationally. I mentioned uh, that game in Germany you know, that created an opportunity for us to just expand our fan base. We saw that in 15 and 14. We were in London to play a game in London, and we saw the same thing. Fans are coming worldwide to come to the Chiefs games, to experience the Chiefs product. And now all this is combining, right? You can mm -hmm. so do things live in places you've never seen before. Got it, got it. You mentioned um, Hunt, Mr. Hunt. The Chiefs owner right now is Clark Hunt, and he told Bloomberg News that he sees private equity investors as a potential source of capital uh, for franchises. From where you sit, that obviously hasn't happened yet, but from where you sit, what operational value and best practices would institutional investors like hedge funds bring to the league? Do you think it'd be good uh, for the league the way it has been for European football, or has it not been good for European football? I think you've seen it across all sports. Look at the NBA and the amount of institutional investors who are there. Um, I, you know, the NFL does a really, really good job of this. They're very methodical. We look at things and try to learn from others, and then we try to figure out what's best for us. Our model has worked very, very well over the years. We've formed a committee 
our chairman, Claire Conge, is on that committee, but is looking at this right now and trying to figure out, does this make sense for us as a league? What are the pros and what are the cons? We have a meeting coming up in March, um, and that committee is planning to present to the owners their findings. I expect that you're going to see this in the future, but we're going to take it like we take everything. We're going to be very methodical, mm-hmm. and we're going to do the right thing for the National Football League. Mark, do you think that those kind of investments, if and when they come, will be passive, active? Does it matter? Has it paid off in Europe in the same way that you might expect? Yeah, it's hard to say right now until this committee comes back to us. I would say that when you look at all the models that are out there, you look at what has happened in the NBA, you look at what has happened internationally with Premier League, we'll, we'll take that as evidence. We'll take that as best practices. We'll learn from their successes and we'll learn from their mistakes. So I think it's a little premature to make a decision right now, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to take this finding from our committee and then we'll make decisions based on that. All right, Mark, we got to leave it there. But before we go, uh, are you willing to give us a prediction on the final score? Well, my hope is that uh, our team and our fans continue to believe in the things we've done all season long, um, trust each other, and have some success on Sunday and hopefully bring another trophy home to Kansas City. That's Kansas City Chiefs President Mark Donovan with our own Scarlet Boo and our colleague Alex Steele. Up next on the show, we hear from the president of the San Francisco 49ers, Al Guido. You're listening to a special big game edition of the Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr, along with my colleagues Scarlett Fu and Damian Sassauer. It is a special big game edition of the show today. We're hearing from the leaders of both teams. Now, if you missed our conversation with Kansas City Chiefs President Mark Donovan, check it out on demand right now on the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. Find that on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. All right, now we bring in San Francisco 49ers President Al Guido. Al is also chairman and CEO of a company called Elevate. It's kind of a management consultant for the live sports and entertainment industry. They have just made an announcement, so we go to him. Mr. Guido, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate the time. You know what? I, I always say the number one story out of all of this I know it's been, you know, we had the Taylor Swift this and that, whatever. But you guys got Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. And now this guy can win a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. Al. Yeah, I'm, look, it's it's been, a, it's been a great ride for Brock and our entire team. It, 
you, know, you can argue it started last year for him. And uh, I know we came up short in that NFC title game when he got hurt a couple plays in. And so to have, have him have the year that he had, be in the MVP conversation uh, and be playing in this game against Patrick Mahomes, it's a fantastic storyline. And then to do it against the backdrop of Las Vegas and everything else we got going on, it's just a really exciting time for our franchise. Absolutely. And I know that you've been in Vegas. Um, what are you guys talking about? What's the buzz right now in Vegas when it comes to the business side of professional football? Because I know that you're not overseeing anything on the field. Um, they have their own people for that, but you overlook everything else uh, for the organization. It's been a whirlwind ever since we really clinched, to be honest with you. We we've uh, we spent quite a bit of time getting our staff ready, getting our players uh, situated. Um, the NFL is a great partner here, but we took five planes, over 2,000 plus guests. We've booked over a thousand rooms. All of our partners are here with us. And, you know, I can't list all of them, but Levi's, United Airlines, Adobe, SAP, Comcast, Cisco, I mean, you name it, um, with the who's who of, of really the Bay Area and our partner list. And we're hosting probably 20 events. Uh, and frankly, it's been really flawless. So I give credit to the NFL and the Las Vegas host committee for putting on a great show so far. Now, uh, you mentioned the Bay Area Committee, and, and, and I know you're on the board for the Bay Area Host Committee, and I know you're in Vegas, and I know I want to ask you about Brock Purdy, I want to ask you about CMC, I want to ask you about John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, I want to ask you about Vegas, but I got to ask you, what is going on in the Bay Area? You lost the Oakland A's, you know, now that you've got, you know, the Pac-12 dissolving, what's the plan for UCAL Berkeley, for Stanford, they're in the ACC now, what are you and the team and the organization planning to do? to bring sports back after some of the losses we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, Damien, it's a really interesting time in the sports ecosystem. I mean, not in professional, and obviously you mentioned college and the disruption that we're seeing. We're really blessed at the at the 49ers to be in the Bay Area, obviously opening up Levi Stadium 10 years ago. We've hosted 155 events. We've done $2 billion in economic impact. We've hosted a Super Bowl. We're about to host another. We just got word the other day with the FIFA announcement that we're going to host six World Cup matches. And so I could not, the Bay Area is such a strong market. Super Bowl and, 60. Know, Super Bowl yeah. 60. And we know, you know, the, the, you know, where the Raiders uh, and obviously the A's conversation is going on right now. But frankly, for us, um, we've always, we've been there since 1946. We're the original team. Uh, we've won five Super Bowl trophies. We've had unprecedented success. But really, the last 10 years have been fantastic. And on my Elevate side, Damien, I'm really focused in on a lot of what's happening inside the college sports world. We're actually working right now with Stanford and doing some work with Cal. We represent over a hundred different universities. And and you're right, the, you know, between name, image, and likeness to the transfer portal, to the labor conversations going on right now, to Charlie now running the NCAA and all the things that are happening. It's just really, if you think about media, if you think about on-field and off-field, uh, I don't know that there's been a time in my lifetime that I've seen as much and I, I would say mostly positive disruption that's happening in the space. And for our audience, let me be clear. In addition to being president of the San Francisco 49ers, Al Guido is also chairman and CEO of Elevate, which is a sports and entertainment agency. And it's also, I believe, the agency that's now running the Players and Tour Championships for the PGA. I just have to ask you, what does curated premium services mean? And can I try them? I mean, what is ultra can VIP, <laughs> hospitality, premium, this behind the scenes experiences? Talk to us about what you have planned for some of these events. Oh, it's so, I mean, I think what's happening in the world of golf, I mean, you, you all covered on the network and the pod. Um, and of course, you know, the, the rumors out there now around uh, the North American investment, but we've been proud to partner with the PGA for a number of years and now adding on the President's Cup and the Players' Championship. There's so much great hospitality on golf courses. I always say like, 
it is the perfect freedom to dream. There's 18 holes. You can have a different experience within each hole. Uh, and so for us, we're curating from literally the time you leave your house. So you might not even be in market. So your airfare, your car rental when you get there, your hotel, your meet and greets on course, whether it's on the practice rounds on Tuesday and Wednesday, all the way up through the competition. And so what I would say is go on those websites if you're a big golf fan and Elevate is a proud partner of those and we'll curate the best experiences, whether you're a casual fan or whether you're you know, hosting your company outing. But um, we think golf in, in our minds, um, we know there's a lot of conversation about it, but we think it's on the rise given the young stars. And we've just seen what attendance has been like at these premier tournaments. So it's fantastic. You've just announced that uh, the firm has acquired a global executive search firm. So I'm curious to hear about the kind of demand there is for executives in the live entertainment and sports experience industry right now. What is the right mix of experience that uh, teams, franchises, leagues are looking for? Does everyone need a college degree or can you kind of work your way up from the equipment room? Thank you for asking. And we're really excited to announce the acquisition of a search and talent firm called SRI. It's been over 20 plus years in the business, 70 employees in 15 cities and over four continents. Uh, we've done 1,200 placements just in the last five years, 60% within the C-suite, 50, 50% diverse candidates, 75% of our placements have actually been around the globe, 25% here in North America. And what I will say as it relates to sports, about sports is really only about 30% of our searches, Scarlett, but we have seen a dramatic shift. And I think a lot of that is who we're hiring right now. A lot of these folks are coming from outside the sports world. And I think a couple of reasons for that is the media disruption that's happening, the asset value creation is a lot different, right? We think about NFL franchise that went from literally, call it 20, you know, early 2010s that were a billion dollars that are now $8 billion right. in valuation. We've seen sports teams create their own venture funds. We have real estate companies now with inside of these. So I think that every single one of these franchises continues to think about how they use their brand to expand into other businesses, not just team business. And that has dramatically shifted the C-suite at every one of these teams. Al, you know, I just have to take a step back here. You know, you are a father of three girls. You know, I myself have three children and, you know, we can tell the truth here. You know, we always have a favorite. So I'd like you to name for oh, me oh your boy. favorite San Francisco. For Is Block Purdy your favorite San Francisco 49? I mean, come on. I mean, were you in the draft room? We have Kyle Shanahan on the tape talking about that day, about that pick. What a selection. I mean, what a transformative selection for the franchise. Asking for a friend. Oh, com- completely <laughs> transformative. I, it's hard It's hard to pick a favorite 49er. I, what I would say, Damien, is this week I think about – last night I sent this video to my, to my family and it recapped everything that's happened since we were in that Super Bowl against Kansas City. Um, and so we fell short there. Then, of course, we fall short in the NFC title game against the Rams. And then the Eagles injury last year. This team has been through a lot. And I think about the guys that have been here – for that entire timeline, the Eric Armsteads of the world, the George Kittles of the world. I mean, Eric Armstead has been a multiple um, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Just could not ask for a better human being who's been with the team almost 10 years now. Look, I want to win it. I can't impact it on the field. But for those guys that I know have worked so hard, George and I have this thing after every game. I give him a big bear hug on the stage. I was happy to give him a bear hug and lift him off the ground. My <laughs> yeah. back's not feeling so well from it. But... 
uh, we just got a great group of, of men in that locker room. And, and I'm, I'm proud to work alongside John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan at the direction of the York family. It's really a fantastic franchise on and off the field. Um, and so I hope for all of us, not just the people inside the locker room, but the staff and the 15 million 49ers faithful around the globe that we get this win. Football, obviously dominant in the U.S. Friday nights are for high school games. Saturday is for college. Uh, Sunday and Monday reserved for the NFL. And clearly the league has recovered from its rating stumbles that began in 2016. But with all that's happening in college football, NIL, the implications of that, including paying players, conference realignment, the rise of super conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten, do you think that college football could become a competitive threat to the NFL rather than just kind of a training ground? I'm not sure, Scarlett. I don't know if it can be a competitive threat. It's very additive. There's no question. I think that, you know, when I was on with you, I think I mentioned 96 of the top on our television broadcast were NFL football games. Yep. The other three, 99, were college football games. And I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I know there's a lot of reports around whether or not I mean, Chip Kelly did this great interview where he talked about should college football break away? Um, what are the unintended consequences of that? How does that impact potentially Title IX and all those things that need to happen? Scarlett, it, it is a difficult world to navigate. And I do think Charlie's done a great job um, since he's come on board, but it's not as easy navigating it within the NFL pro world uh, as it is within college football. And truthfully, even working with Bernard Muir at Stanford, who's the AD there, and thinking through travel, football is kind of the easy part of that. They only play once a week, but mm-hmm. if you think about, you know, women's volleyball or women's basketball or the men's sports, very, very difficult to navigate this in in their ecosystem. And so, I don't think that it it will. I think I don't necessarily think it will become competitive. Um, I almost view them as partners. To be honest with you, they're an expansion of what we're doing. The one thing I keep an eye on, Scarlett, as it relates to football, frankly, mm-hmm. not just in America, but across the globe, is really the, the increase in participation and flag. And you've seen that now become a what I love, because as Damian mentioned, I have three girls. It is now a high school varsity sport. Yep. And my girls intend to play it and, and they look forward to it. And my dream as a parent would be come L.A. 2028 and Casey Wasserman did a fantastic job that one of my daughters is lining up for the USA women's team playing flag football. I think it's a fantastic awesome. time. And and you're right, we have done a lot in the sport to make it safer for everyone to play. And now with the advent of flag coming on, I just think the next 10 years are frankly, the I think we're in the golden years for the NFL and college football, but frankly, football globally, mm-hmm. I think we're headed into the golden years. Alan, just last thing. I mean, this year, especially more than any other with Taylor Swift and her role with uh, Travis Kelsey and the Eras Tour, which was, I think, incidentally, the most impactful concert in Levi's stadium history. Talk to us a little about her impact on the game, what this weekend means with her involved. Oh, I think it's great. I Nick Bosa said it's great last night on the on the mic. It's great for the NFL. It's great for the sport. I, I love the convergence of of sport and pop culture. I think it's fantastic. And we've seen this coming out of COVID. We we all thought it might be the COVID bounce, right? And you all to report on the financial sector, uh, but literally lifestyle, entertainment, music, all those things. Um, they're at all time highs, and they're at all time highs for people like Taylor. She is a force of nature. Uh, you're right. We had her in our building uh, at Levi's two times You know, this year. She generated tons of economic impact, not just for us, but around the globe. And to have her now be affiliated with the game, I think the stat that came out last week was that the Kansas City Chiefs had, had earned media of over $300 million because of the Taylor Swift phenomenon. 
I think it's great. And we have a fun little story on our side because Kristen Juszczyk, the, the wife of our fullback, Kyle mm-hmm. Juszczyk, mm-hmm. is making all of Kristen's or Taylor's clothes, like all of her jackets <laughs> with Travis's number on it. Uh, and now she just become Amazing. an approved license, you know, licensor or of NFL apparel. So we think it's I honestly I lean into these things. That's great. I did tell my girls to be totally true. I told my girls, I said, hey, girls, not as much Taylor this week. I know she's she's cheering for the other team. So let's let's pick a different artist this week. You know, and Scarlett, what's amazing is it's still the same price for a 30 second spot during the football. It's just seven million. Hasn't gone up this year. It's just seven million. Just seven million dollars. I mean, you would think Taylor's impact. Yeah, just seven million, and then I'm staring right now. I'm literally staring at the sphere, um, and I think those ads are going for. I, I don't even know why. I know they they reported their financials the other day on their ad revenues, but this this thing is awesome. It's really fun to look at. Yeah, Al Guido, president of the San Francisco 49ers. Good luck, because if I don't say that, my wife will not allow me Scarlet back in the house. Yeah. Oh, Al, any superstitions that you'll be doing during the game that you'll be observing? <laughs> I, I yeah I I do have some superstitions. Uh, they're they're not as bad as my daughters. My daughters are really super into it. Um, it, it Michael's team had my daughters in tears at halftime last week, which was not fun. Uh, but yeah, they're very superstitious in what they wear. I'm wearing a bracelet now that my daughters made for me um, that I've been wearing all year. I have the same tie that I've been wearing all year. <laughs> we lost five games throughout the season, so I'm not sure what it means when we <laughs> lost those games, but. Yeah, for whatever makes me feel better. But my hoops morning runs are my routine. Uh, it really gets me going. And, you know, my hope on Sunday is I get I just get to enjoy it with the girls because it's really difficult to get to this moment. Uh, and I've told myself over the years I've been I've been lucky enough to be have participated in two of these. Unfortunately, we lost both of those. But I'm really trying to enjoy and soak up all the time I have with my mother, my father, obviously my wife, my girls and my entire immediate family who are going to be out here in Las Vegas. It's a special time for the Guido family. Third time's a charm. Yeah, if it makes you feel any better to your daughter, uh, my team, the Detroit Lions, had me in tears at the end of the game. (laughs) For different reasons. That's a whole different reason altogether. Al, you are the man. Thank you so much. All seriousness, good luck. I I hope uh, uh, things go well for you. And uh, for the 49ers, uh, my wife uh, wants to thank you very much. She'll definitely be in her (laughs) 49er garb down to the sneakers. She has oh, everything boy. about it. So thank you again, Al. I love it. Thank you so much, Michael Scarlett and Damon. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Up next, we set the scene in Las Vegas with a friend of the show, former Oakland Raiders CEO and current CBS analyst, Amy Trask. We've gone from a spot where the league did not even allow teams to reference fantasy football on their websites or otherwise to a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So Times do change, and and this is a a big step for the National Football League. You're listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash radio. Hello, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. Oh, you know Amy Trask, old friend of the show. We got to have her more than, you know, coming back like, you know, like you have a relative that comes back for Thanksgiving. We can't wait just for the Super Bowl and stuff. We have to have you more on the show, Amy. But you know why you're here. Former CEO of the Oakland Raiders, analyst. For CBS Sports, I heard they're broadcasting something on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's got the number 58 in it. And the author of You Negotiate Like a Girl. <laughs> I remember we talked about this. Amy Trask, hello. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports again. Hello, and thank you very much for having me. It is an honor and pleasure to join you. I will note, however, that I laughed aloud. I hope I didn't do it too loudly into the phone when you talked about a relative coming over, thinking, uh-oh, I hope I'm not that relative that they groan. <laughs> no, I I'm that relative is like, okay, I baked the dish, lima beans. All right, everybody, let's go. <laughs> we got the big one coming up. Uh it I we are talking ads all over the place. I I don't even know where to start, so I'm gonna start with the obvious question here. The game now in Las Vegas, it used to be the NFL would shy away from a place like Vegas <laughs> and gambling. And my goodness, man, everything and their mama's coming here to Las Vegas. Please tell us now what the atmosphere Full is embrace. like. Thoughts. Oh, yeah. Well, you are absolutely positively right. Of course, uh, during my career, we were the first team to put on our website a reference to fantasy football. It wasn't an you know, a, a site at which you could gamble on fantasy football or participate in fantasy football. We simply referenced fantasy football. And within five minutes, probably two minutes of putting that on the website, my phone rang. It was an executive from the National Football League mm. who said to me the following words, Amy, take it down. <laughs> wow. So we've gone from a spot where the league did not even allow teams to reference fantasy football on their websites or otherwise to a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So times do change and and this is a a big step for the National Football League. A huge step, although it's worth noting that there's been reporting that the Chiefs and the 49ers are staying in a hotel or a compound that's about 25 miles away from the main strip so that they can stay focused on the task at hand, which is preparing for the game on Sunday. They don't get distracted by anything. Um, and then they can go in and, and you know show up uh, at, the, at the stadium and do their thing on Sunday. Um, I'm curious from you, Amy, you have obviously been around the big game for a number of years. What's the atmosphere like right now? Has anything unexpected happened so far? In Vegas? Not yet. Not yet, <laughs> um, or not yet that I know of, as to your point of the team staying at a distance. The other benefit of that, of course, is they are staying near the facilities at which they will be practicing all week. So you are absolutely right. Um, everybody is sort of 
waiting to see if anything unexpected occurs. And it's the responsibility of the organizations to keep their players and coaches focused on the game. Amy, seven, seven new head coaches in the NFL this year. One team did not make a change at the head coaching position. Your former team, the Las, Van- the Las Vegas Raiders, they stuck with Antonio Pierce. Talk to us a little bit about that decision, about the coaching carousel. What are you hearing outside of Vegas inside the, and inside the NFL uh, boardroom, so to speak, about all of these changes that are planned for the 2025 season? Well, you're, of course, right about the Raiders sticking with interim coach Antonio Pierce. And when you said seven, I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, it's really eight until I saw exactly what you were doing, which is treating the Raiders differently, because you're right. They did retain their interim head coach. And as to that decision, when I saw the team respond to Antonio Pierce, the way the team responded, I thought that this would be the likely outcome. The players embraced him replacing Josh McDaniels, and they played with a vim and a vigor and a strength and a passion we had not seen in the games leading up to him taking over. They played like, you know what, I'll say it. They played like Raiders of yore. So not surprised at all that the team stuck with Antonio Pierce. The players were very, very outspoken about wanting to stick with Antonio. And I loved seeing them play with the passion uh, they played with under Antonio Pierce. As to the other seven switches, you know, it struck me that there was just a lot of shuffling this year. We've seen coaches who were head coaches and then were not retained as head coaches. Now back to being head coaches. We've seen a lot of movement of coordinators, a lot of jiggling and juggling. And the one that stands out to me the most in that regard, the one I am most excited to follow in terms of how this works is Jim Harbaugh yes. for the Chargers. Uh, Jim was with us in Oakland for a brief period while I was there. We overlapped for for a year or so, for one season, but a bit over a year. And I think the world of him as a head coach, when I see things written about him being difficult or being this or that or the other thing, I roll my eyes. That was not my experience at all. Justin Herbert, of course, the quarterback yep. for the Chargers, has never had during his years in the National Football League a coach who does what I think the best coaches do, which is to best position players to be their best. And I think that is what Jim Harbaugh will do for Justin Herbert. Were I Justin Herbert, when Jim Harbaugh was named head coach, I would be doing a happy dance. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I mean, you know, you're not the, I mean, Dave Canales leaving Tampa Bay to come to Carolina might breed some, lo- uh, some, some new life into Bryce Young also, right? I mean, so there's a lot of movement here. And I mean, Mike McDonald in Seattle, right? I mean, bad for the Baltimore defense. But, you know, what's interesting to me are some of the moves that were not made. I'm thinking Bill Belichick. I'm thinking Vrabel. I mean... And for that matter, if you want to go there, Nick Sirianni, Mike McCarthy, and Robert Sala, right? I mean, a lot of coaches are still sitting in the chair. You know, what is the pressure on some of those names as we head into the season? Well, I'll note quickly about your comment about Dave Canales that Bryce Young immediately came out with a public statement about how excited he is to play for Dave. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. You know, as to Mike Rabel and Bill Belichick, Uh, The thought that came to my mind as you were speaking was it was a little bit like a game of musical chairs this year. And when the music stopped playing, two tremendous coaches were left without a chair. And that may change next year. There's so much um, hyperbole about Bill Belichick and, you know, 
Brady versus Belichick. And, you know, I don't think those need to be mutually inconsistent. We don't need to pick. It can be a wonderful combination that Bill made Brady his best, which, by the way, Brady came out and said when Bill retired, uh, when Bill left the, the Patriots, Brady said, he put me in a position to be my best. And yes, Brady was terrific. And yes, Bill is terrific. And, you know, we may see more of him. I think we should see more of Mike Vrabel as well. And as to a number of the other uh, changes you noted, I really just do keep thinking of the game of musical chairs. Well, Amy, as you know, born in Detroit, raised in Detroit, worked in Detroit, lived in Detroit. Sad about Detroit. Sad about Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, the Lions are keeping Ben Johnson uh, on the coaching staff, and I think it's one of the things that Dan Campbell, uh, bless his heart, is is a head coach. He is a great decision. So, asking for a friend, twenty twenty four Lions <laughs> Super Bowl or bust. Well, you know, first of all, I would like to jump through this phone and give you a hug um, <laughs> for what happened in, in the championship game. And, and that's not in any way intended to offend or insult 49er fans. But um, Jared Goff went to my alma mater. So, of course, yeah. I have a special hope for Jared Goff in his career. And he wasn't treated well in the manner in which he was released by the Rams. Uh, and, and, you know, Sean McVay apologized and said he could have handled that more nicely. But, you know, I was rooting for Jared Goff because of the Cal connection and otherwise, I think it is tremendous, tremendous for the Lions that Ben has chosen to stay for two reasons. Number one, that's a significant statement as to what the Lions are building and as to what Ben believes the Lions can continue to build. And number two, of course, as to his value to the Lions. So it's a statement as to what he believes they have in front of them. And it's also a very good thing for the lions that, that he is staying. And, you know, someday off air, you and I can have that chat about those two decisions on fourth and one to go for it in the game, as opposed to kick the field goal, the points of which could have been the difference in the game. So I'll give you a hug when we have that conversation. All all I'm going to say is coach Campbell. He he's the date that took us to the dance and he's the date I'm going to stick with. That's all I'm going to there say about go. that. I'm with you. <laughs> there you go. But I'll still give you a hug to those two points. <laughs> Amy, I got to ask you about ownership of NFL teams. Obviously, you spent time in the front office. You worked under Al Davis. You learned a lot from uh, one of the most successful and also controversial owners in the league. Um Clark Hunt, who owns the Kansas City Chiefs, told R. Randall Williams that uh, he sees private equity investors as a potential source of capital for franchises. I'm wondering what you think the entry of institutional investors into the NFL would do to the league, how it might change the culture in terms of how these teams, these organizations, these brands operate and um, how they monetize their brand. Well, you, of course, know well know of the increase in values of these teams. Um, They've been increasing steadily for a very long time and then increasing exponentially in recent years. And I think Clark is very, very prescient in many regards. Uh, And as to this conversation, prescient with respect to what he shared about private equity. As the value of these teams keep escalating, um, there are going to be fewer and fewer people that can afford to buy a team without some sort of private equity or venture capital or other institutional financing assistance. Now, right now, the league has rules requiring the 
principal owner. Well, let me back up. The league requirement is that there is a principal owner, one owner who is the controlling owner and speaks for the team, is in full control in every regard. That principal owner is required to own, in some instances, 30%, in other instances, 20%. But that is still a significant amount of money. What I perceive or believe will happen is that institutional money will be able to come in for a limited stake, meaning limited in the control Mm. stake of a team. Like a silent partner almost. Correct. If it's a limited partnership uh, or if it's a partnership, the institutional money would come in as a limited partner. If it's an LLC, it would come in as a non-controlling voice of the LLC. So I think I think Clark is absolutely right in that regard. Amy Trask, when you were on our show back before the start of this NFL season, <laughs> we asked you who Nobody's you like to have. win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, and you said to us, the uh-huh. Dallas Cowboys. And I have to say, for much of this season, Scarlet Foo, I thought Amy Trask nailed it because I didn't even see that coming. That was a dark horse pick. And I will say this, Amy, you mentioned fantasy football in the beginning. The Cowboys killed my league. I mean, they, I had the best team. And then obviously, you know, the Cowboys woke up from their sleep and, and, they, and they just swept. I mean, they were amazing. So talk to us about the Super Bowl. Who do you like heading into the Sunday's game? I had to give him a box of Kleenex, Amy, because we talked. About <laughs> hugs all around. Hugs all around. <laughs> I need you know to what? know, Amy. I, I, I really and truly have not yet made that decision because I, I keep doing the, on the one hand, on the other hand, on the one hand, on the other hand, I will <laughs> give you a prediction as to the game itself, mm-hmm. which is everyone focuses on these two offenses, both of which have phenomenal players. People are focused on Kittle versus Kelsey. People are focused on, you know, Pacheco versus McCaffrey. There's a lot of focus on offense. I think we're going to see a tremendous defensive struggle. Both of these teams have phenomenal defenses, ranked second and third in terms of points given up per game. One of the team is tremendous in terms of sacking the opposing quarterback. The other is tremendous in terms of intercepting the ball. So that's my prediction for you. We're going to see a terrific defensive game. And by the way, I like defense more than I like offense. Remind me never to invite Amy to play in our fantasy league, Michael Barr, because that's exactly, <laughs> Amy, that is a great answer. <laughs> you would get I to, n- no, I no, Amy. You would hand Damien his you-know-what booty. She really would. In this, in, no. oh, man, no. no I no. am no good at fantasy football, <laughs> never have been. And you know what? I get too stressed out about it. And my husband will look at me and say, Amy, it's just a game. I just get too stressed out to play fantasy football. <laughs> Amy Trask, former CEO of the Oakland Raiders, analyst for CBS Sports, uh, the author of You Negotiate Like a Girl. And I also want to add advisory board member for the Los Angeles Sports and Entertainment Commission. Amy, if you can imagine what it was like, my wife, a diehard 49ers fan, I'm a diehard Lions fan, and I'm still sleeping on the couch. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Always an honor and an absolute pleasure to join you.
Our special thanks to Amy Trask for joining us from Las Vegas ahead of the Super Bowl. Thanks for listening to a special big game edition of the Bloomberg Business of Sports. We are here each and every week at the same time. For my colleagues Scarlett Fu and Damian Sassauer, I'm Michael Barr. Tune in again next week for the latest on the stories moving big old money in the world of sports. You're listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.